listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenologyclub. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Alright, boom. Can you hear me? You? You? I think there's only one person in here who says they love me. Wow, you know what? I love you too. I hope you can hear this. I am not monitoring myself, but ultimately it's inconsequential. I'm sitting here on this Monday night, um, Tuesday morning. Apologies. Well, I guess it depends on where you exist in the world. Um, doing stuff, and I just felt this need to talk. You know, when you just have like a some sort of implicit physiological impulse to move your mouth and words come out there's something that feels good about the vibration happening in my mouth and in my throat big up can you hear me okay adam i've got some some interaction so uh this is phenomenology club this is talk about it my live stream platform i'm trying to do more content when ideas spontaneously come to me like a light bulb in a cartoon over my head i go bloop let's talk about it bitch so i was thinking and i was talking to phenomenology club earlier about this today shout out to phenomenology club um join my club if you're not in there who the fuck thumbs down? Are you serious? I got a dislike? That's trash, dude. You know what? Let it be known if this is true. This is only a rumor as far as I know. Let it be known <laughs> that whoever thumbs down my video before they even heard what the fuck I had to say is a bitch. Fuck you. Oh yeah, happy half gay day, everybody. Gotta get that off. It's half gay visibility day. Just wanna say, I see you. You are definitely visible. Not in my immediate perception, but I know I have met some half gay people, and when I did, they definitely presented as visual phenomena in my sensory experience. So that's great. I think that's awesome, and I'm proud of you guys. So, anyway, I was talking to Phenomenology Club earlier today about the climate change girl and how I was driving earlier today for anybody that might be listening in the future. Um, context, this is the day that that 16-year-old girl did that speech about climate change. And it's like, viral, viral, or whatever the kids say. I was listening to the radio. You're full gay? Well, this isn't your day, so why don't you take a back seat and let the half gays have their day? Thank you. So basically, 
I was in the car driving and I heard this speech by this 16-year-old Greta Thunberg, I think is her name. I think she's Swedish. And, dude, I was like in awe. This bitch can give a speech, like, legit. Like, I, th I felt like I was listening to some dialogue from some, like, 1950s era type film. I mean, first of all, her voice is not necessarily distinguishable, distinguishable as being that of a child's. I mean, I don't know if you could call her a child. She's a teenager. She's upper tier teen. But, like, I, it really sounded like some movie dialogue. And, of course, the accent is just the icing on the cake. I mean, that shit really makes it classic. But I, I was very moved. But not necessarily by the content of her speech. Because I am an emotionless void and nothing affects me. Psych. But really, I wasn't necessarily moved by the content. But I was so moved by the aesthetic of this presentation. Because for one, I just have a total boner for like 1950s era type bullshit. Especially like grandiose cinematic speeches that deal with human nature and, you know, the struggles of mankind as a collective group of people that crawled out the goddamn fucking mud and now we just struggle together to do all the stuff and stay alive and all these grandiose themes, you know. But fuck, what was I was <laughs> But literally, the the aesthetic experience of all these different variables I'm describing in tandem with each other, I felt like was such a powerful experience to me to the point where it didn't even really feel like I was internalizing what she was saying. And don't get me wrong, I definitely care about climate change, but I don't find myself feeling emotionally stirred by you know arguments about climate change or really any facet of climate change i mean do you guys am i alone in this experience i'm asking the chat do you guys feel like in all of these conversations about climate change that you are emotionally moved it's not that i'm not emotionally invested at least in like i don't know a detached sense of the word but I don't feel myself becoming emotionally stirred I can't tell if that's like a thing that's to be <laughs> taken seriously within myself a thing I should criticize I don't know I gotta know okay that's good thank you for the validation but then I went home and I watched the video of her giving this speech hey sorry I went home and I watched the video of her giving this speech and I felt like the the experience of the speech became completely transformed and her visual performance is totally great but I felt like it totally altered my experience of the speech when I had heard it only as an audio file you know and it just got me thinking about how really amazing it is that so many variables are at this constant interplay when it comes to like anything and how we internalize it and how we experience it and experience it because okay for one like 
a thing that I felt was jarring about experiencing it visually is, first of all, like I said before, her voice is not necessarily distinguishable as being that of a teenager's, right? Like, she almost sounds like, I don't know, I was, like, visualizing the bitch from Sound of Music <laughs> when I heard it. I don't know, call me crazy. Like, can you see it? I was seeing the, the lady from Sound of Music or something. But then when I see her, it's like, oh, you're not the lady from Sound of Music. You're like a tiny child, kind of, or you're, you're a teenager. You're an upper-tier teen. You're a small Swedish upper-tier teen. <laughs> so there's that. And then also, like, you know, this facade that I felt I had built in my head, this faux aesthetic around the sonics of this speech where I felt like it was sort of nostalgic for some 1950s cinema fucking scene of glory. It, that kind of shattered because you have this like super HD looking as Blu-ray as image and just the lens width is even like modern. You know how like lenses now just like I don't know if it's the choice or like the cut. I really wish I knew more about how to make lenses. One day I'll learn when I have the patience. I've tried to glass blow like once and I just don't have the patience for that kind of bullshit. I manhandle everything. I'm not delicate, but maybe when I'm old and get some patience, I'll like get into making lenses or something because that's something I really want. But yeah, just like the modern look of it, I was just like, ooh, damn. I really enjoyed this thing so much more when it was simply a sonic presentation. And these ideas I thought maybe somebody would find fun to think about because this is a thing that I think about too like as a person who makes music you know I'm somebody who very much values this idea that you can express um, a lot and I think there's almost more mastery in expressing more with less explicit uh, technique you know what I mean? Like, I feel personally when I really enjoy a piece of art and I feel like it's very masterful, I feel like the pieces of art that I consider to be the most masterful are the ones where I actually have to, like, think meaningfully about how a thing such as a vibe, a general aesthetic, was even established, you know? Like, something... I really like from that director Nicholas Winding Reffin <laughs> Danish what's up with those Scandinavians in the house tonight something I really appreciated when I first saw his film Valhalla Rising for example was I don't even know if this is a good example of what I was just talking about but I really appreciate how he pays homage to all sorts of different films in ways that when you think about, it's not like you have to think about it too deeply, but in ways when you think about it, it's like, oh wow, that was like a really interesting way to almost channel the nostalgia of in your viewer for people who have like seen this film that you're referencing. Like in Valhalla Rising, I noticed as soon as that fucking noisy ass synth tone hit on the soundtrack that he was clearly paying some sort of homage to Cannibal Holocaust, which anybody who's seen it knows that the soundtrack, aside from that fucking hippy dippy <laughs> bullshit stuff that happens a lot in the soundtrack, there's these fucking awesome noisy ass, super like low tone, super deep vibes bra synthesizer hits you know what I'm saying and that was something I picked up like almost immediately but thinking about 
almost as if it was some kind of fun trivia question when I was watching Valhalla Rising. Did you guys, did you guys feel that? That shit gives me a boner. I don't have a dick yet. Because <laughs> it's only half gay day, but if I do, definitely gonna pop a boner to that. Because, yeah, that shit ruled. Or like in Drive, Ryan Gosling's jacket is clearly a reference to the jacket in Lucifer Rising by Kenneth Anger. Which I want to buy. Actually, oh my god, can I say something funny while I'm just ranting about shit? To go off topic for a second, I recently got a tweet from this account (laughs) that tweeted a response to something... I tweeted like years ago about the Kenneth Anger bomber jacket and this person was like don't buy the don't buy the Kenneth Anger bomber jacket it's a scam and they like included all these photos of bad reviews from various people not just them that had like random ass complaints about not receiving their Kenneth Anger bomber jacket which I felt was really hilarious like I assume this person <laughs> somewhat recently tried to get a Kenneth Anger bomber jacket and that shit is expensive and I guess they were unhappy or didn't receive their order or something. And now they're just going around looking for Kenneth Anger bomber jacket as a search term on Twitter. And adding everybody who's tweeted about the Kenneth Anger bomber jacket to tell them to show them these screen caps of people that are dissatisfied with their Kenneth Anger bomber jacket services. But anyway... We're talking about transformative aesthetics. Yeah, I went to art school. What's up, SAIC? Orson Welles graduated from my school. No big deal. So did Georgia O'Keeffe, which I don't give a fuck about because what the fuck was that? <laughs> Not into it. Somebody else that I really admire, Stan Brackage taught there. I don't know. But anyway, transformative aesthetics. It's really interesting to me how... I feel like trying to control aesthetic, no matter how much control you have of your own materials, clearly you can equip yourself with having better control so you can steer this process more consciously, but it almost seems like at all times you're still just kind of riding this unbridled horse, you know what I mean? Especially a thing like to consider what I was speaking about with this speech, you know? How many variables did our star of the evening, our star of half gay day, Greta, have How much control does she have over these variables that affect the things that I perceive to transform her performance as I experienced it as a sonic experience and then as a sonic experience with visuals, you know, like all of the things that I celebrated about about it were sort of reliant on not being able to even visually witness it. Like if Greta was an artist and this speech was curated for some presentation at the fucking Whitney how meaningfully should she internalize that critique you know maybe she'll decide to just put on a fucking loop and throw a donk on it and some fucking multi-channel video installation and just fucking put it in there and nobody ever sees her fucking face ever you know maybe that's the way it should be experienced but I think that this is fun to think about as a musician And especially someone who makes rap music. I mean, this argument is old, and I feel like most people are on the same page as I am by this point. So I don't think I'm necessarily, like, putting any novel knowledge out there. 
but like this critique so many people have of like rap music that the content is not uplifting the content is boring the content is repetitive like i don't even hear lyrics when i listen to music usually i mean maybe like the third or fourth time around but i have to consciously think about it like i feel like when i listen to music i'm and like you know even music that has a lot of fucking words like rap music i'm mostly just like experiencing at face value and i don't know if that's just like add and like my inability to pay attention because i'm usually like thinking like oh that snare hits like kind of cool or something but like i don't really even feel like i hear the words the words are only experienced as like random disparate syllables literally what they are are simply sonics audio sensory phenomena that i'm experiencing I'm not necessarily internalizing whatever content exists behind them as meaningful. I'm thinking about what sort of choices were made in deciding how to deliver them, you know? I would much rather listen to somebody give an, an interesting delivery than I would hear someone do something lyrically meaningful, you know? Because good lyrics are nothing without a presentation, but bad lyrics, I think, can be totally saved through an awesome presentation. If you have both, that's great. But I think the purpose in thinking of this as a transformative thing where multiple <laughs> variables are at this constant interplay is to think, like, just to go back to the lyrics idea, I think that if you're doing a thing like trying to have a very interesting delivery and let's say like you're spacing out your syllables, your intonation, you know that you don't want to use this word simply because you don't like the eh sound, you know, you want to go for oh there or something, you know, I feel like the lyrical choices obviously are going to be informed by this decision that you've decided to take priority here. But then beyond that, I feel like the decisions you make in the face of this decision, <laughs> no. what, what you do next, it's almost like an extra step to this whole process, you know? You're not just necessarily going to arbitrarily choose a word that has an O. You could, and in that sense, you could still have a great song like we were just saying with shitty lyrics, but now you have the option to like go to the next, next level. I feel like these decisions can like just compound upon themselves infinitely and as soon as like one aesthetic possibility opens up you open up the channel for infinite more or maybe you decide you know what I'm just gonna close off this channel entirely and do some stuff over here you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying fuck I was gonna say something aesthetic bloop 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 lyrics are meaningless a I'm reading, let me read a comment from the chat while I try to remember what I'll say. Lyrics are meaningless. A true musical artist doesn't need deep lyrics or meaningful, but just the aesthetically pleasing sounds and meaning without lyrics, which connects to one through emotions without context. Okay, I appreciate that sentiment, and I think much of what I just said aligns with that idea, but to challenge you, I would say that I think, just as I was saying, you could do both, really, you know, and in that way, like, 
you could be a god. You could be the champion of Sonics, you know? Why not also think about how you can make the lyrics also good? Oh yeah, I think I was remembering what I was saying. This is something that I'm really enamored with the idea of and something I'm going to make another video on eventually. But it's an idea I introduced in the first lecture on this channel about moral relativism, which is that all good art, in my opinion, and I'm right, <laughs> all good art is about itself. Because all art is about itself. And so this idea is really relevant in discussions about like rap music and how we experience it, experience it. Because on the one hand, you could say, and I think this is true depending on what genre of rap you're working in and i think this idea changes and transforms depending on what subgenre of rap you're working in but i think it's definitely true that at the end of the day no matter what rap music is experienced as audio phenomena so no matter what this thing is going to take precedent i think that in certain schools of rap like especially a thing like a freestyle you know or like a battle i think that a lot of other variables will become almost as important ideas like rap as performance rap as a thing that you can do quickly off the top of your head in an improvisational way all this but at the end of the day ultimately all of these things are experienced sonically and that is going to be the most important parameter of your piece for anybody to judge it which they will everyone's judging you feel that judgment so i feel like this is true for literally any art piece you know a movie how do we experience movie yes how do we experience movie <laughs> how do we experience movies as visual phenomena right and it's not that it's not also auditory phenomena, but let's get let's get phenomena phenomenologically reductionist for a second and think to ourselves, what variables could I remove from a film for it still to be considered a film? And what when I remove it would make it no longer a film? So what characteristics does a thing like a feature film have, right? feature films typically have a, vis a visual right it's experienced on a visual plane being projected on a screen in front of us or being <laughs> transmitted through some monitor or however the fuck we're experiencing this thing okay on top of that usually like i just said with some sort of accompanying audio within this realm of vision there's color usually but if we take all of these things away or start to when does it cease to become a film if we take away the soundtrack is it still a film yes clearly because they're silent films or you could take away the sound on a film that's not supposed to be silent and you'll still witness the film not in its full form but you are still witnessing it if you take away the color, are you still experiencing the film? Yes, obviously. You know, this is a thing I actually do often. If I notice a film has really good contrast, I'll watch it 
in black and white after I turned the saturation all the way down on my monitor. Obviously only on rewatch, but like <laughs> Prom Night, the remake, if you ever want to watch that shit again, turn that saturation down and let that black and white rip because <laughs> I swear to you it rules starring Britney Snow. Also, uh, fuck, which Indiana Jones? I think it's Raiders of the Lost Ark I watched in black and white that I thought was really great. I think it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Anyway, where am I going with this? Oh yeah, you could remove basically any variable I've just described. The color, the fucking fuck with the color. Remove the soundtrack, alter the soundtrack, whatever. It's always a film, or a movie at least, until you remove the visual. Then you really don't have anything. At least I would argue. If I only heard the audio from a film, I don't think it would be meaningful to say I saw it. It still would also not be entirely meaningful to say I saw a film like, I don't know, fucking Reign of Fire with Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey without any sound. I would probably have no idea what the fuck is going on, really. Unless I watch it with subtitles. But if I watched it with no subtitles, no audio, I think I would still say, though, yeah, I've seen the film. I just didn't hear any of the audio. But I experienced it. And in some ways, I really did get the full picture get it get it the full fucking picture anyway same with painting and this is the example i gave in that video that i'm rambling about i'm about to wrap it up here this is like 25 minutes perfect length to talk bullshit about art painting is the example i gave in the video and why i <laughs> gave the visual of rothko who really honestly is kind of the only painter i genuinely like i know I know people ask me what paintings do you like and the answer is I don't like painting except for Rothko and Bash Nova in Phenomenology Club. Bash Nova's great and anyone else who I may be forgetting that I know personally I love your paintings but I like Rothko so much because I feel like out of all the painters he is the most literal painter he's the one who creates paintings that i feel are the most about themselves in the sense that he presents to them to us really as things to be considered for what they literally are which is paint on canvas that's what a painting is you know i feel like when you remove all the conceptual bullshit which really just kind of serves as nothing except this sort of vain embellishment and bells and whistles to put on your little fucking painting like oh i'm gonna paint a dead goose still life with some oranges and a pineapple or some bullshit you know i feel like when you remove all that shit you can actually come to well me personally i feel like i can actually come to appreciate things about painting i never necessarily realized before i experienced the painting more as unfiltered sensory phenomena now of course that's not true to say unfiltered it's not like i'm experiencing it in a more pure and perfect way or anything but i do think that it's true that without the loaded conceptual accompanying themes that just like sort of overpower my thought experience as i'm trying to look at this painting and fucking look at it and enjoy it maybe and think about it Instead of having to deal with all that bullshit and the dead geese and the still life and shit, I can just appreciate things like my visceral response to 
this color maybe or this gradation i think rothko's paintings really do elicit some sort of emotional response i don't know if any of you have seen them in person but i've seen a few and of course this could all be in my head like i could just be fucking so getting off to myself talking about rothko that i trick myself into having some sort of heightened emotional response when i'm confronted with his paintings in the real external world these things are all absolutely possible but i think that it's also possible and likely true that we do have very visceral responses to things like color specific colors i think evoke different sorts of sensations within us you know we all seem to experience this it's definitely contestable i don't know much about psychiatry or anything and i really don't give a fuck but you know what i mean I appreciate Rothko because I feel like not only am I getting a more pure and direct experience, I find it more fun to even think about like, ooh, why do I feel like nice all of a sudden just because Mark gave me this little fucking yellow to look at. Thank you, Mark. I love this. Anyway, I'm going to stop. This is like 27 minutes. This is perfect. <laughs> I'm just trying to hop on here more often when I have some spontaneous things to bullshit about. Because otherwise I'd just like write about it in a notebook and never talk about it or share it with anyone. Does anyone have anything they'd like to say once and for all? Fucking say your fucking peace now or forever hold your fucking peace. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? <laughs> While I wait for anyone to say their peace, if they're going to, please join my club, Phenomenology Club. It's only $1.00. We're in there every day just before we had a whole <laughs> long-ass argument with club member Darwin. Darwin, are you in here? That's his real name. Darwin believes that... <laughs> Darwin believes that... He feels confident enough to say that he... You know what? I'm not going to air Darwin out. Basically, we had a discussion about how many critical thinkers exist in the world and whether or not it's really accurate... Or not accurate, but meaningful to feel confident about any opinions you have about the world population as a whole. Which personally, I believe, no. Unless it's a thing like, you know, I definitely think it's likely that all humans enjoy eating food. Enjoy having sex. Enjoy taking shits. You know, these sorts of things seem pretty reasonable. Simply based on what I know about, you know, my human experience <laughs> of being a biological being in this reality. Okay, but join the club. It's only a dollar. I'll put the link in the description. But for anybody who doesn't know, website is www.phenomenology.club. If it gives you that weird security risk ahead bullshit, that's just because I haven't bought a fucking SSL certificate and I'm not going to. Fuck you, GoDaddy. Just remove the S from the HTTPS if it pops up in there and then you're good to go. Or go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash phenomenology club to hop in on our Discord where we're always talking bullshit. Um, and also to join our reading series, which continues not this Sunday because Michael's just had another schedule change, but next Wednesday. So starting from today until next Wednesday, you have approximately eight days to finish our Kant reading, which, oh shit, I didn't even post it on the website, my bad. Wait, how did I go from six likes to five likes? Is it because I said fuck? 
fuck? Someone give me another like. Quick, hurry. Everyone in here like this. Gotta get those YouTube algorithms working. Alright, I'm gonna get out of here. I, I wanna get out of here before it does 31 minutes. Love all you hoes. Can you leave a comment so it looks like there's like engagement? I know you talked in the chat, but like, can you leave a comment in the thing? Just like, do me that favor. Like, thanks. Oh, thanks to whoever gave me that like. You rule. Love you all. You're all half gay. Good night.